Welcome to the National Hour on Real Kipper and Born. We are live on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. As always, this hour of Real Kipper and Born brought to you by Bet365. Two tremendous hockey games last night on the network. Mm-hmm. Toronto Maple Leafs downing the Tampa Bay Lightning 6-5 in overtime. And the second one had a very struggling Edmonton Oilers team up against the red-hot Vancouver Canucks, where Quinn Hughes, Pugh Suter, and Brock Besser scored three minutes and 22 seconds apart to down the Edmonton Oilers off an incredible start to the game for the Oilers. They couldn't do anything wrong except... Put the stinking puck in the net. And when they finally do, Matthias Ekholm hammers one into the top corner. At that point, it's one nothing Oilers. The shots are 13-3. And I was on our show yesterday being like, no, I think the Oilers are going to win tonight. And I was feeling myself, let me tell you. Yeah. That did not uh, then my boy, up. Quinn Hughes, took over. Yeah. How Best do you, last night. How do you outshoot a team like that? At last count, I think nineteen two, yeah, and you know have only one to show for. Well, this is the tale of two goaltenders last night. Tale of three goaltenders, if you want to count both of Edmonton's who are over there. Um, okay, let's let's can just I, can I give you a quick Quinn Hughes just stat right off the bat top top story oh, yeah. of the day. Yes, okay, uh, oh, goaltender yeah. uh, Jack Campbell has been waived by the Edmonton Oilers. For the purpose into a five-year contract. For the purpose of sending him down to their uh, American Hockey League affiliate in Bakersfield, mm-hmm. where Condors. they play as early as Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. And Jack Ab- Abbotsford Canucks. And, oh, no. and Jack Canucks. Campbell is expected to start that game. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. Well, this would be um, the incentive for Edmonton would be that you can bury 1.15 million of a guy's cap hit. Uh, Picard makes um, seven hundred sixty-two thousand. The difference is about three hundred eighty-eight thousand. So, it would allow the Oilers then, with that money, to move on from someone who's making very little, maybe minimum, and acquire someone who makes a little bit more. Unless there's other moves here, but the idea would be to free up money to do something else, or just try a different yeah. goalie to do nothing else and say Picard's a nine sixty or nine thirty in the AHL. Maybe he'll be better. We're going to get Craig Simpson on momentarily, a former NHLer, two-time Stanley Cup champion, of course, uh, known best around here as Hockey Night in Canada's lead analyst. And we'll get his thoughts on on that situation and and more on, on what's happening in Edmonton. Listen, I know it's an easy out to go and, and wave Jack Campbell, but... I don't know if it's easy, Kip. Well, it's easy as in... There is nothing else they can do at this moment. Yeah, they're capped out to appease. No I think a lot of the heat right now that's on this organization. People, mm-hmm. Edmonton Oilers fans, want blood right now. Yep. You know, there's a couple things to blame, and goaltending is certainly among them. They have the worst goaltending in the NHL this season. Edmonton gives up a ton of rush chances. Rush chances allowed. They're 22nd in the NHL. Rush goals allowed their 32nd in the NHL, which means they're in the bottom third of teams and allowing rush chances, and they're the worst team at letting them go in. So the goalies aren't bailing them out when they're giving up a bunch of rushes. 
Well, That's a major issue. No back checking. Puce, uh, last night's Pusuter's goal. Yeah, like right down the pike. Off a set breakout, they but, were in a neutral. They were in a set, you know, breakout defense. You need a save there too. You do. Okay, and let's. There's their save percentage. Their team save percentage is dead last in the league at eight six one. All right. All right. Making his season debut on the Real Kipper and Born Show, Craig Simpson. Let's welcome in uh, our number one analyst. <laughs> what an what an honor to be with you. Oh guys. my gosh, you, you 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 had us at uh, you lost us at honor. <laughs> uh, busy night on the network. Of course, you had uh, Leafs and uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, you want to start there first because uh, we'll work our way into the the, the du- double header that we saw last night sure. between Vancouver and Edmonton. But you know, Craig, wh- what are the odds that uh, against a, a Tampa Bay Lightning with uh, a ton of Stanley Cups that we could see two two kind of meltdowns uh, in in back to back games from Tampa? on blown leads. Yeah, really shocking, isn't it? I was listening to you guys earlier and you're talking about the very different team that John Cooper has. And, you know, I think he acknowledged it uh, uh, both games where they weren't able to keep the lead, that this isn't the same kind of team that can really be that shutdown guaranteed, get us the win, get us the lead, and we know how to defend and shut things down. Um, but in both instances, uh, you know, I, I thought Sheldon made a pretty good point last night with Joseph Wall coming in. You know how difficult a task that is. But he was able to shut the door, even if you just shut the door for five minutes. Or in this case, it was to get through the rest of the, the first period and stop the bleeding and you can gather yourselves. And, you know, when you're down by three, you got two periods of hockey to go. Um, that's not an insurmountable uh, time. And so I, I just think it allowed everybody to breathe, allowed everybody to regroup and then just focus on coming out and being a different team and seeing if you can win one period. So, uh, you know, the fact that the the lead happened so quickly uh, gave Toronto an opportunity to regroup, and credit to them. You know, we'd be having a different conversation. We'd be having the Edmonton Oilers conversation today in a, in a little degree uh, in Toronto had they not had that comeback. And sometimes you need that kind of a game to really commit to each other and galvanize your feeling and your teammates and your belief. And uh, I thought it was huge strides uh, no matter – you know, whether it was a, a rival like Tampa uh, makes it even more special. But I think just the fact that they, they got their game together and even giving it up late, they still didn't crumble. And, you know, those are the building blocks of adversity that you, you try to build throughout the regular season and hopefully can serve you well come playoff time. Simmer, if I could, I'll get you just to compare in your opinion, last year's Leafs team to this year's Leafs team, um, you know, we've talked about them as maybe being a bit more loose. Um, I think a more general description, maybe a little bit worse, uh, I guess, depends where you sit. But what what are your thoughts when you look at this team compared to what they rolled out last year? Well, I think just different is not necessarily better or worse at this point right. yet when you're, when you're 12 games in. Uh, I, I think the, the difference in the look uh, takes a little time to sort itself out. You know, I think they have the potential uh, to maybe 
you know, find a way to be a better team. You know that there'll probably be a little different look come trade deadline where other guys will come in, much like they did last year. I mean, the team that went into the playoffs was a very, very different-looking team than the one that, you know, played most of the 111-point season in the regular season. So uh, I think it's a work in progress. I, I think the, the challenge, again, and I kind of harken back to – when Sheldon Keith had to deal with the likes of Wayne Simmons or Joe Thornton or Kyle Clifford on the fourth line, you know, I always kind of cringed at that, that you're going to have a hard time to find them a, a place to play in the big games. And I think that's playing out a little bit. I, I heard Nick talking about Ryan Reese. There's no way Reese has to play every game. And there's going to be plenty of games where he gets buried a little bit like, uh, like he did last night. And it's almost a scenario where you're playing 11 and seven without the seven D. Um, but I, I think that's probably for me, um, uh, Justin, that uh, are they going to be able to figure that out and, and put a, a group of lines together that Sheldon had some confidence in. I, I think he said after the game, that's the best look our lines have had all year. And I would tend to agree with them. We're talking to Craig Simpson, who does a terrific job on the NHL on Sportsnet. Uh, Craig, last night was a, a prime example of uh, duos, superstar duos. We've got uh, Matthews and Marner at Toronto, uh, Connor and, and Leon uh, in Edmonton. And in Toronto, for sure, uh, we saw, once again, these two stars bail out their team uh, and, and carry the load. We're not seeing it necessarily in Edmonton today. But can you speak of the constant pressure on, on these, these guys every night? And I, I know there's a salary cap involved yep. here, but is it any different from what, say, you watched over the years with, like, Gretzky and Messier? Is it the same weight? Is it more? Does it feel more? The the only different weight I would say is just the reality of our uh, uh, social networking life we live. You know, like uh, back in long ago, not every game was even on television, so you had to read about it the next day, or you listened to it on radio, so you didn't have visuals. Well, everything is front and center and reacted upon instantaneously. One mistake gets magnified and showed, you know, on time and time and time again. So from a player's perspective, mentally, I think that's why it's a different burden in that regard. But the great players, you know, are special because they do have that innate sense of responsibility, A, but B, just the flair for knowing when the time is needed to do something special. I, I would add in another pair for you, Nick, was – you know, Point and Kucherov. They changed that game in the first period again last night, uh, just showing their brilliance with the puck and being able to make an impact in a game. And so you saw that back and forth. That in second period, it's Matthews and Marner, and you know that. And as you mentioned, you know how many times have McDavid and Drysaddle dropped your jaw with some um, amazing plays to turn it around a game. So I do think that the burden might be heavier because. In a lot of instances, the the cap has made the depth of your team a little less uh, stacked than maybe it had been 10, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, but I just think that those kind of guys, that's what they live for, and that's the passion that they have, and that's where you get into a game like that. I, I love 
I love the emotion by, by Matthews after scoring that second goal. And he was right. The, the fans had a right to be angry. But you don't always see from a guy like that what it means to be coming back in a game. Like, that that br- drags people along. And, uh, Kip, you know with Mess, the, 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 the number of times that special moments happened and then the emotion that comes with it. And you just look at the guy and you go, man, I want to be a part of that too. And, and, it, and it drags you into the fight and it drags you into the game. And I think you saw that a lot last night with Matthew Nyes. How do you not get thrilled and excited to play with those two guys and watch what they're doing? And I finally saw him, uh, A, he was skating a lot better, but right from the get-go, it, it's like – me with no speed playing with Mark Messi and Glenn Anderson. Where do you go? You get them the puck and you get to the front of the net and you cause problems in front of the net. Matthews doesn't score that first goal for him if Nyes isn't battling in front of the net and taking the goalie's eyes away. The the goal that he scored, you know, knocking that puck down, uh, he's right in the net and right in where you have to be to make a difference. And if he can figure out doing that, you know, when I watched Bertuzzi in the first few games, that was my comment there. You got to understand how to play with these guys. And last night to me was the first time I saw guys really look like he read the play and read their game effectively and played off of it. Well, yeah, I think that's a really lends to like a really relevant point about, you know, you said, how does Nyes not be excited to to play with those guys? And we didn't see it from Bertuzzi in the early going you know, right. there there are some fans right now who are looking at this Leafs team and looking at Domi and Klingberg and Bertuzzi, some newer guys who are paid good salaries, who are going, oh, no, what if it's not there with these guys at all? Yeah, no question. And, and that's what, uh, uh, you know, the be- the beauty and the curse of early season. If, if you're mm-hmm. if you're flying out of the gates and scoring like Matthews is, it's like, oh, my gosh, this, you know, where's where's the ceiling going to be? But man, when you go the other way and you're a newcomer in uh, in a new city on a new team that you're trying to not forget about the fans, quite frankly, you're trying to earn the respect of your teammates. And I'd be looking around going, man, I'm not doing my job. I'm not pulling my my you know my weight. And that to me is the the one thing you can't lose is your guy sitting beside you. And so I agree with you 100% that those three specifically have just really struggled out of the gate to find that identity. And I go back, you know, every player will talk about it, that you, you try to make an impact, you think you got to score, and you got to get points on the board, and then you realize when you're not doing it, you're starting to get frustrated. And if you really examine your game, tendency in those situations are you're 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 not just reacting and playing and you're not you know using the one thing you can always do is your effort and that's what stood out to me with Nyes last night was his effort and that's what stood out with me with Robertson you're going I don't care if you didn't don't score in that but what are you doing with your opportunity and if you're coming off the bench and you're going gangbusters and you're finishing your checks and you're getting in you're you're getting noticed because of that that's where the good things will happen. And I, I think Domi specifically, I thought it was a good thing putting him at center. And I said last night, he hasn't been using his feet. He's been almost like he's trapped over on the wall. And when you play center, you have a greater responsibility. You have a bigger room to, to cover. It forces you to get skating. And I thought even, you know, just for one game, it, it kind of did that for him and got him going maybe a little bit. Talking to Craig Simpson, um, 
How surprised are you at Vancouver right now? Let's be honest. Well, yeah, you know, they have that ability, and especially with the way Demko is playing. But it's it's not just all Demko driven. But they have that ability. Uh, talk about you trusting your your teammates. When you look back and you go, man, we got the best goalie on the ice tonight. Let's let's get playing. Let's get supporting them. And uh, I think. You're seeing the exact opposite from their opponent last night in in the Edmonton Oilers. And you go back to the first game of the season. Oilers, cup contenders, this is going to be a great year. Vancouver, they're going to be, you know, who knows, they're going to be maybe a disaster out of the playoffs. And Vancouver just played loose and strong and not arrogant, but confident, right? Like, go in and just say, we're going to take this game. And, you know, now all of a sudden, what, 12 games in, they've beaten the Oilers badly three times. And uh, I think those are the little building blocks, and especially with a guy like Talk behind the bench, that you, you, you continue to hold guys accountable and you do it more when you're having the early success. But success brings success with it. You know, I, I think those guys got the confidence in those first two games against Edmonton to go, hey, we do have something here. And they've been able to translate their top players, uh, guys, are driving the bus. You know, you talked about, you, you hopefully you have some depth scoring, but man, their, their best players are their best players. And that's how they're having success in, in this early going. And so with that win last night, they go 14 points up on the Edmonton Oilers <laughs> a month into the season. It's kind of insane. You know, what do we think about how, I mean, how early in the season can you lose a season? Like for this Edmonton Oilers, I don't yeah. want to, you know, force desperation on them or anything uh, to that effect, but obviously it needs to turn around tomorrow. How much longer can it go on like this before, boy, they're, they're in real trouble? Well, yeah, you, you do say, you, you usually don't say, okay, 10, 11 games you can recover from, but right. I, looked, I looked at that too. What are they, 11 points back of Los Angeles, even for third in the, in right. the division? Then you're going like... That's a, that's a big uh, hill to climb. Um, you know, you have to take with what's given to you. And so it's been a complete disaster. And disasters like that. I remember uh, Glenn Sather always used to say, when, when we get in a little bit of a rut and we're not doing well, you know you can't help but guys, A, are frustrated. But B start feeling kind of sorry for themselves. Man, we can't get a break, all that. And Slots used to walk in and look look at every guy and say, guys, if you don't think this can get effing worse, you're flat wrong. Like, yeah. don't think this is the worst. So you got to now look at each other and say, guys, we got ourselves here. We got to find a way to get out of it. Uh, all, all I can think of, Justin, is the, the St. Louis Blues of, of 19 and go, the adversity that they had to get themselves out of the hole that they were in prepared them to be a heck of a hard team and a hard out in the playoffs. And if, if I was, you know, preaching to the Oilers or coaching the Oilers, it starts now and it's going to be an uphill climb with a big boulder that's going to get heavier as we go. But that's the kind of mindset I think you have to have. That's the mindset that um Craig McTavish had in 2006 with a team that was struggling all year to make the playoffs made it on game 80 81 of the season and then was ready to flourish I, I think that's the message you have to have but man watching that team and how disorganized they are and the lack of attention to defense and detail they got a lot of work to do to get get up that hill 
Craig, you experienced uh, the very best in Edmonton with a championship, and I'm sure you've seen some really, really tough times. Where would this rank right now on a team that was supposed to contend for a Stanley Cup being only four points up San Jose right now? Yeah, it, it, well, and Nick, who's their next opponent? San Jose. San Jose Sharks. Like, <laughs> you know that's just going, oh, my gosh. If that's not a nervous game right there, because, you know, if we lose this one, you know, there's there's oh, yeah. comment right there. If you if you don't think it can get any worse, you're dead <laughs> wrong. <laughs> um, but I, I think, Nick, it's, it's the challenge of every uh, leader on that team uh, to try to erase the negativity, erase the bad thoughts. They said last night, you know, frustration is such a wasted energy and, and will not pick you out of your funk. So it's a huge challenge. Uh, the, the biggest thing for me, too, is collective as a group, they have to have a commitment to each other. Like, forget about the coach and whatever the game plan is. You got to play for each other to dig yourself out of it. And if you're looking at a guy like, uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl who have carried you through so many different moments. If you're a role player there, you go, everybody's got to find a different level to play. And But as you know, it, it may be all for naught if, if that save percentage that I think you guys were talking there, what, dead last or 31? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you, can't, you can't come back unless that changes. And I think everybody uh, understands that. Hey, Craig, before I let you go, I, I want to kind of bring it back uh full circle from what you said earlier because it's kind of sticking with me about the scrutiny in this country on particularly our hockey players and I'm watching Connor last night and that's not the Connor we know and I'm just wondering about the weight of the world on his shoulders or others experience in the markets in Canada you mentioned social media man and it's just it's just that's a huge part here is that yep. it's so scrutinized 24 seven. It doesn't stop. And this time now you go on the internet, the, the players are, the families are at risk. Wives, fiancés, yep. girlfriends, like there's, there's no stopping these, like some of these people on the internet on where they would go. My question to you is, are, are our Canadian teams at risk now of, of players not wanting to come and play here? Well, there, there's no question that, you know, every player, every person has a different kind of uh, limit to what they can handle. And, you know, if, if I were a player today or even in our job today, just yeah, I would eliminate any social media at all. Your focus has to be on your, your craft. Your mind has to be uh, free of the garbage that can come in in that regard. So maybe easier said than done, but... I don't think there's any question if you look at, you know, the total amount of players in the league, there's going to be a a high amount, uh, Nick, that would say, uh, I don't want to put my family, I don't want to put myself in that that position. You know, it's not saying that there aren't amazing places to play in Canada. And part of that um, attention is so great if you can win. And when you become a good team or you win a Stanley Cup, uh, it, there's there's nothing better, but I, I don't think there's any question that the scrutiny for a good percentage of players would sort of deter them from wanting to take that position if given the opportunity. You know, if you're a free agent and you're looking around, uh, I think there's a number of guys that would say, I, I, I think I'll pass on that. 
Uh, terrific stuff, but I, I'd be remiss if I just didn't ask you quickly before I let you go one more, pal, and uh, I promise I'll, I'll let you go. And that is, uh, we listened to uh, Sheldon Keefe not uh, hang Samsonov out to dry, getting pulled last night. And yep. now we see in Edmonton, Jack Campbell waved. And it, the, the thought that I have in my head is that he'll play as early as Thursday night. He'll get... He'll get some games in. We'll see where he can go down there. Um, is this the right call? I, I think it was out of necessity, Nick. I, I think that they they obviously, and you know uh, Jack in terms of his personality and how hard he can be on himself, how down he might be getting. you got to read that as a, as a coach or as his goalie coach or even as a teammate. And the, if you're looking and saying there's no possibility – of playing your way into it now through a couple of maybe tough games when the team is in such a dire strait right now. I think they looked at it and said, uh, you know, we got to get this guy some confidence. We got to get him some time to play. And we are not in a position to be able to do that at the NHL level right now. So I, I agree with you. I think you go down there and play three out of four games quickly and see if you can establish a little bit of a brick to start piling up and get some confidence in your game and get some details in your technique again. And, and the Oilers can only hope that maybe that can be something that can spur him on because, you know, you're doing kind of the same with the other guy. Skinner has been less than uh, efficient and, and on his game as well. So now you're stuck with both guys struggling. And I, I think it's an effort to try to hopefully uh, resuscitate one by sending Jack down to get, get some playing time. Calvin Pickard. We'll be the next man up. Hey, Craig, really appreciate your time as always. Fantastic stuff. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Take Thanks, care. Thanks, Simmer. Good night. Appreciate Craig it. Simpson, NHL on Sportsnet, Hockey Night in Canada. Mm-hmm. Good insight. He touched on Edmonton going into San Jose oh my Thursday night. That is a very dangerous game for the Edmonton Oilers. So I tell you, Pickard going in, right? Just you're the well, start, you're the starter going out. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, is it Pickard? Of course, they can, their team save percentage is eight sixty one. Yeah, Pickard, the new the new guy comes in. You are the starting goalie. Pickard, Pickard I think he's at nine thirty something. I had it right here a minute ago. Nine thirty nine. Two and two. Bakersfield. Two and two. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't do Five hundred. Nine thirty nine. Though I mean, that's a lot of saves. I just okay. It's yeah. I guess you got to win. So. <laughs> If you don't have any confidence in the other guy either, but you touched on this. This is this is just. I, I think Jack's just the easiest scapegoat right now. Well, and he's an he's expensive easy. one for sure. But can't wave the other easy, guy. You're going to lose. But you're right. But they're right. Like they can't keep putting these guys in the net when they play terribly. No, you just have to go get someone else who will put on the pillows and go in there. Here's Pickard's NHL games it's, by year going back. He played for each the Leafs, didn't he? Zero last year. Yeah, that was yeah. Leafs. He got claimed on waivers yeah. the year. Zero, three, six, three, six, eleven, one, and now we're in twenty six. So they, I remember on uh Janssen, Andreas Janssen scored a hat trick in the first period on him when he played for the Flyers. There you go. Have a they, very impressive memory. <laughs> a weird memory. Yeah. They can't stop the puck, they can't defend, and they can't score. Like that's the trifecta here. But they can score, in theory. I'll tell you this if you like numbers, the 
expected oh, goals. Boy, Edmonton guys are just <laughs> the expected goals of this Oilers team. They actually are should, they not a top team? They are a top team. They should be scoring it's a lot crazy. more goals than they are. It's crazy. It is. They've come up against some very good goaltending. They've been unlucky. They're not getting any saves. Like they're not a two eight and one team. They are not close to this bat. No. Can, can no. we? Can we? But talk? the hole's getting deep. Can we 100%. mention Connor McDavid at two goals here? And what's he got? Eleven games? Something? He's not. No. Uh, well, he missed two, so I think he's zero for six. It's not even close to one hundred percent, Kev. Then why are they playing him? All right. Excellent question. In nine okay. games played, he has two eight and two and eight for ten. Then we're, we're, minus four. He, is is he in the top fifty in scoring? No, that's crazy. It's just lo- it's ludicrous. <laughs> it's just not right. No, it's weird to look up. The, the world standings. is flat right now when I see Connor McDavid with those numbers. Connor McDavid is tied for sixtieth. Oh my! In, in points, he's just behind, right behind Moritz Sider and Ryan. But it's just Strong. not him. You watched that full game last night. Casey Middlestat. You're you're going long stretches of the game of forgetting about him. Mm-hmm. When he's at his no, best. No, he started the game. He yeah, had yeah. pop out of the but gates, then, and it was like, oh, boy. No, no, there's just something. It's just that last push. It's the last gear of of driving. But you know how it is like when. Like he's not trusting something. Well, that's, it, it's not like he's experiencing pain. It's that to be what McDavid was last year, you have McJesus. to be feeling 100%, 100% of the time. It was an absurd showing of hockey. So, yeah, he definitely seems a like Matthews last year, where it's like I can't see what's wrong. He's fine, but something's not between right. Connor, Leon, and Nugent Hopkins. Like, look at the Nuge. Yeah, he's, the Nuge got a power play. Two, two assists last year. Is that right? The Nuge had a hundred points last year. Uh, between them, that's yeah, uh, three hundred points. Three guys. Over 300 points. Right now, yeah, Dry Saddle's at 5-9-14. Um, third on the team is Bouchard, 3-7 and seven for 10. Yeah, Ryan Nugent Hopkins has two goals, uh, six assists, eight points on the year. No good. No. Not tracking for 100 points. Like, everyone. Jack shouldn't be going down alone <laughs> right now. <laughs> Send down multiple people. <laughs> Send so, them Sam Gagne, they're looking for something, right? They're just, give us something. Yeah. It's a struggle. So, I, feel, I feel pretty. I mean, as bad as you feel for a extremely rich man in Jack Campbell, feel pretty bad for the guy. And yeah. he worked his ass off this summer. I'm sure. I know he dropped twenty pounds, twenty five pounds. I like that. It's a lot of pounds. No, he was heavy. He was heavy. Really? He's a big guy. Hmm. He's six two. Yeah, six three. And no, he was pl- he was playing at. 220, yeah. and he got himself down to about 190, 195. He was quicker. He was faster. He had a good training camp, and he has had some good looks. He has. Yeah. Well, I, to your point, someone has to go down. You know, he's been the worst of the two by this much, so there you go. Man. We're talking about this. It's crazy. You do. Yeah. yeah. Game, run, time. Run, game time? Yeah. And Okay. I'm just not I a little bit more. Edmonton. Okay, just, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Just, uh, that, that blue line, that, uh, Evan Bouchard cannot play 24 minutes. Hey, do you want to get those clips? Uh, do you want to hear Spectre and, and uh, Woodcroft? Sure. Having a conversation. It's the second clip in there, Derek. About uh, the Bouchard thing, right? About the, the Bouchard. The bad pinch. Like yeah. he, he was all over uh, Woodcroft. Yeah, Woodcroft exchange and with Spectre number so. two. Yeah.
You want to play it? 4-2 yeah. goal. Um, you guys are in a tight 3-2 hockey game. You're on the road. You fought back. It's 3-2. Yep. Bouchard makes a pinch, and then he doesn't hustle back, and his guy scores, and he doesn't miss a shift. You use the word accountability a lot. Is there enough accountability for that player in that moment? Well, accountability in in household. You mean in he piping them? He a really important yeah, goal, yeah. and he didn't miss a shift. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Well, you know, where we're at, I would say, um, you know, we had 60 men, and... Um, you know, can he be better on that play? Yeah, he can. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dress that one up uh, in any way. In fact, if you, you know, one thing you look at how Drysaddle backchecked, uh, put his head down, he's on the faceoff dot, and he came uh, back with reckless abandon. Um, you know, that's the type of effort that we're looking for in that type of situation. Can ever Evan be better in that? Yeah, he can. But when you're down. When you're down and your uh, top point producing D-man is part of helping you get back into a situation, are there times for accountability? Sure, there are. Is there times for, um, you know, trying to find a way to come back in that game? Yeah, there are too. And so you learn from your mistakes, and uh, in the end, we can be better on that one. Forget about Oiler fans wanting blood. Speck wants blood. But credit. It's an, it's an excellent question. Like it's he, you know. Oftentimes, no, oh, you turn your mic, microphone. Accountability though isn't necessarily like have a bad shift, make a mistake, don't play. That's not necessarily accountability. No, but it was bad, and it was bad pinch, bad back check. Like bad. he, like if you're gonna miss maybe one, that's a shift that could constitute that. And like I give spec credit, man. It's, it takes guts to sit there in front of an well, NHL coach, yeah. look him in the eye, and ask him a tough question there, like that. There's a, sure. a lot of people again. Uh, pointing the finger at Jay Woodcroft. I've never coached in the National Hockey League, let alone, you know, try to squeeze performance out of millionaires, multi-millionaires. Uh, clearly, much like Sheldon Keefe, at that moment, Jay made the decision not to hang out Evan Bouchard, especially yeah. in front of Mark Spector. And, you know, there's, well, that, you know, it was a very mature, rational response. And at some point, you look at your own lineup and, and you don't want to also throw the other guys under the bus and go, who do you want me to play? You know, like, who, which of my guys is good? <laughs> you know, like, you just don't have the, the horses sometimes, and that's a tough spot, too. Now, sometimes you're a coach. You got 60, two guys are gassed on the bench who just came off the ice. One guy's fixing the skate lace. And, they, you know, it's just like you got to put someone out. You look at the Leafs uh, last week. You got Lagasin and LeJoie on the ice together. At the Raj 590. You know, it's like... Sometimes it's not a choice. You need to put humans on the ice. Um, game time? Let her rip. All right, it's game time. Presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary. At Bet365, must be 19 plus, Ontario only. Please play responsibly, and this is a chance for me to uh, gloat a little bit. Okay. As we're the 12-game or 13-game Norris Trophy. Mm-hmm. The favorite for the Norris Trophy in the National Hockey League right now, according to Bet365, is Quinn Hughes. The plus, favorite. Plus 200. Wow. He is going to run away with it right now. He is unbelievable. He's my one of my favorite players to watch in the league. I love watching him play. Yeah. Direct. He's fast. I don't, he's sick pass to DeHarnay last like, night for the goal. Watching like, Paul Coffey. He, I have a stat The way he skates, you. man. The way he moves. Yeah. He is actually tied with Jack Hughes now. He's played two I more could, games, but his, him and his brother both have 20 I points. I don't know. I mean, have we watched Kale uh, McCarr lately? Is he 
Is he slowed down a little bit? No, he's still killing. Is it, it's just a two-man race there. Yeah, that, that Fox is off to a good start, too, in, with the Rangers. I like Fox, but... You know, having that class? Well, uh, Kale McCarr is his smart. second favorite. He's super smart, that Fox. Yeah. At plus 250 is Kale McCarr. And then it's sneaky. Like fo- a- and then it drops off a cliff to Dallin at 8-1. to one. So those two are the clear the clear difference. Uh, the I'm just going to quick Quinn Hughes stat for you here, just to further my love fest for this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, defenseman with 20 points and uh, plus 15 or better rating through 12 games of the season. Robert Orr. Quinn Hughes, end of list. Wow. That's a good list. At first I thought you were saying about Robert Ory. I was like, he was, he's done a wow, multi-sport athlete. Okay. Yeah, good, yeah, I confirm. That's his, a good list. His, his plus 16 has to be the best in the league too. Yeah, he's really good. And like, it is. Yeah, Braden McNabb is second at plus 13. I know it can be overrated. I the extremes just, mean something. When, when your stars are on the ice for 25 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes, and Hughes, and you're 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 controlling the game. Yeah, yeah. when you're I, out there, a the game is your game. I will say that Sharks game helped the Canucks as uh, like seven of the top ten are Canucks and plus minus. It's Besser, it's JT yeah. Miller, it's Pedersen, it's Tyler Myers. When you go plus nine in one game, that's going to help your numbers. And just to continue the Canucks love fest, the favorite for the Jack Adams Award now is Rick Tockett, plus five fifty. So the books are responding to the start for the Vancouver Canucks. Demko, Vesna. Let me see where Pedersen, he's at. Okay, second. Hart. Let me see where he's at. Give me, uh, is, are there more names for coach of the year? Demko's 10 to 1 now. So he's moved up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, is uh, Montgomery on that list? I am looking at it. I, yeah. I, I, I Montgomery. Think, I think it's a little underrated, the the Boston story out of the gate. So Them winning all, at, like every game they played for the last two years has been unbelievable. Okay, yeah. They just, Montgomery is Way down the list. He's 20 to 1. Yeah, DJ just, Smith's ahead of us. We don't tell anyone to bet anything. That's not hockey people right there. Yeah, that's the crazy. The Bruins are 11, 1, and 1, and they lost six amazing players. Cassidy is 9 to 1. I think that it's pretty smart to put Talkett as a favorite right this moment. Good narrative bet for some people, right? Like it's like they're finally getting hot. He's a popular guy. That's a, it's a good narrative bet. It's, yeah. Smart by the books. Yeah, Take your I mean. money now before the Canucks yeah. cool yeah. off a little. <laughs> yeah, that will never happen. <laughs> All right. Uh, that was Game Time presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary. At Bet365, must be 19 plus, Ontario only. Please play responsibly. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to fix the Sharks. Oh, I, I we are? Oh, I, I don't know. What kind of and tools do you I have? urge everybody to text us at 590, Uh We'll take requests on uh, how to deal with this embarrassment to the league. Did you win a Calder Cup in the American League? I did. Would your Calder Cup team have beat the Sharks? Uh, yes. <laughs> and, and, and beat the crap out of them, you too. physically would have been ugly. Okay. Led by Don Ackbauer. Okay, quick break, and we're back with more on the Sharks. Breaking down the biggest trends in hockey. The Hockey PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Text 
10 games on tap, including the Sharks hosting the Philadelphia Flyers. The Sharks 0-10-1. It's tonight the night. The Sharks. I think tonight could be the night. Blackwood will start in goal. You can say that until they yeah. win. Yeah. The Sharks projected lines. Oh Eklund, Hurdle, Zetterland, Zadina, Grandland, Declare, McDonald, Stern, LeBlanc, and uh, and who else? Uh, Patrick Marlowe, <laughs> Joe Thornton, <laughs> and uh, Pavelski. And who else? I think you went off the rails <laughs> at the end there. Yeah. Uh, where is everybody? I don't know on this team. There's some good suggestions on the text line. Oh, okay. This is it. We're gonna fix the sharks. How do you fix the sharks? Question mark. Well, Claim Jack Campbell. Pay five million dollars for the same goaltending you're currently getting. I don't believe you. <laughs> so we got Blackwood and Kako Kakinen. The only man that can fix the sharks, and his name rhymes with Bim Jenning. <laughs> Jim Benning. Bring him in. Because that's a Vancouver oh. text. <laughs> I I think they had one really good crack at selling an asset that just won a Norris and had 100 points. Mm-hmm. And I, don't, I mean, forget about what's going on in Pittsburgh for a second with him there. But you had one crack at selling that asset. And I'm not sure it was most, a positive asset. Oh, no. It. Let me put it this way. Okay. If if you still had him, what would Edmonton be maybe willing to, to do at this point with him? I see your point. You know? Yeah. I think there was real fear that they weren't going to get to unload him. You know, oh, that they gosh. were going to get stuck. He's a, he won the Norris. He's he's a 100-point guy. Like, where did you feel this? They might get hurt the first two games of the season, and you're stuck with them, I paying think, them all the money. At the end of the day, can you draw up that trade again, please? Sure, no I think the only thing of significance I could remember is uh, a first-rounder they ended up with. And I just – and. Th- the thing, the biggest knock I have with Mike Greer and the organization on that trade is that you valued not holding back any money. Mm-hmm. Um, the trade was, uh, he was traded from the Sharks with a man named Dylan Hamiluke and a third-round pick in the 2026 draft to the Penguins for Jan Ruda, Mikhail Granlin, Mike Hoffman, and a first-round pick in the 2024 oh, draft. God, just... <laughs> nothing, nothing. That's what it was. I mean, they also were paying him ten million dollars. Well, that's what it is. It's that they he makes eleven five this year, right. next year, the and next year, and the next my, year. My whole they point. They did withhold one point five. Oh God, God. big nut. One point <laughs> five. See, that's the problem with San Jose. They didn't want they to pay actually. To get they actually back. think they did a good thing by unloading all but one point five. Why don't you take four or five? Eat. Fifteen twenty million dollars is a massive asset of that value, and then turn the twenty million that you 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 would have eaten into three first rounders. You didn't pay to make him a plus asset, but you think you're getting three first rounders for him at full. I, if he's if he I, costs at, at seven five, million five, dollars at five 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 six five, if, if you would have brought his salary down to five or six million dollars. You would have had a bidding war. Yeah, five point seven. Okay, would have been the and that's how you go. drive the assets up. Yeah, but they didn't want to pay for it. That's a big ask. You're asking Dumb. an owner. To, hey, you're asking Dumb. an owner to pay six million a year almost for yeah. four years. Guess what? 
Watch the empty seats, yeah. and you're paying for it anyways at twenty million bucks. I see that is the right answer. Is that you're paying for it anyway? Anyway, you are out the gate. No parking, no popcorn, no beer, no fans. <laughs> this is my first Sharks game. That poor kid. My last Sharks game. Just, just eat it. They. That's I'm telling you, the they one need to start asset getting, trying to get better. That's the one asset they they needed to eat the money so they could drive the price up yeah. in assets. The fastest way to get better is with first rounders. Yep. But I no, would agree. no, no. You saved the Z. Hey, good job. You saved them a million and a half. <laughs> wow. That's going to need 10 years yeah. to get out of this mess. It's a rotten trade. You are going to need a long time. Thank you. It's a rotten trade. Rotten trade. Looking so back at it, I forgot year, how bad it was. That's really it. They have uh, two firsts this year. So obviously, Pittsburgh being one, they have two seconds, no third. And then just a pick in every other round, basically. Do they have, I didn't sort of put you on the spot, do they have any protections on that for the Penguins? Yes. Um, conditional trade. Penn's 2024 first round pick is top 10 protected. So they, yeah. Oh, my God. That's such a bad trade. That's really bad. Penn's will have the option to move the pick to 2025 20, unprotected if they finish you know, with the top 10 pick. But they may not even get that Pittsburgh pick this year. If Pittsburgh's bad enough, which they've started pretty terribly. Wow. Whoopsies. Appar- apparently, uh, well, we got Nashville and Calgary today, tonight. I know. And, Flames. Uh, you know, One a lot, last of, lot of people paying attention to Tanev and Zadorov to Toronto. And I think you started that, Sammy. What? It was Friedman. It was uh, Friedman. Oh, was it Friedman? Yeah, it was not me. Okay. Well, well, I would like that. But then I, I got a tweet about how absurd it was that I said that I would do Easton Cowan for that. And I... And I We'll agree that it was absurd. Uh, uh, Calgary's not going to get Nyes or Minton. Or... Well, you walked that back pretty quick. I thought yeah. it was yesterday. It was everything. No, well, I, well, if you're talking about Zadorov and yes. Tanov, I'm just not sure that Craig Conroy's going to knock on Brad Tree Tr- Living's door for that one. Problem is they're both expiring. Like you need well, the rentals. Yeah, you need the Flames to clearly I, be I, not making. Th- playoffs. That's the first ask, though, Sammy. Yeah, that's the first ask. I just don't think for rentals that you give up uh, blue chip prospects right now. Can I say that this is a really hot take here? Big take by me. The least defense would be a lot better with those two. <laughs> yeah, spicy, Th- those two, those two would really make the Leafs a better They're hockey club. Both really good players. Zadorov had 14 goals this year. And he loves Zadorov. Yeah. Should, should we be talking Anaheim at all lately? With a, Is it six games in a row? Yeah, I'm And they've got Pittsburgh. Tonight, yeah, Pittsburgh's going to die. They're five in a row for them. I something, something. There, I just looked at the standings and uh, they're they're okay. Yeah, no, they're off to a wonderful start. Um, I'm definitely they're not six a, in a row for them. Not a believer, but yeah, I like I like their core young guys. Like, you know, I'm not the biggest Zegers guy, but I like McTavish. I like Drysdale. Like I like the guys that they have there, and yeah. I like Terry Carlson. Yeah, they can. Yeah, that that kid's pretty good, and if he's not load managing. So it's so funny. It's like you teams get these guys and everyone falls in love with their own prospects and believes that all they're going to turn it around just being here in Toronto. And you see what happens when you get four excellent players. Like there's so much more to it to be yes. the best teams. It's the first step is acquiring these assets. Good for Anaheim. Absolutely. They're stockpiling them, but boy, there's a, there's still a lot of gaps to fill in. Hey, listen, you got some respectability out of the gate. They do seven, That's- four or no. Good luck for plus five general manager Pat Verbeek and uh, Rob DeMaio, who's there now. Yep, that's a, a good start. It, you know, one of the things 
that makes me believe that Calgary and Edmonton still are not done for this yeah, year. You're the last believer. I know. Okay. In, in Calgary. I'm going to, I'll bring this full circle that uh, it's, it's 11 games. Right. It's 11 games. It's 11 so games. for the Oilers right now to still make the playoffs, they probably need to play at a clip at about 625, 630. Yeah. It's not horrible. No. That would give them probably about 93, 95 points. Yeah, and that's what you need. Between 93 and 95 it's, points. And the Pacific will probably need 94 now, or 5 this year. You want to you wanna talk to me after the next five games? Yeah. Then we have a different conversation. The problem is that in the NHL, the way standings point are handed out, it's tough to climb as you know, teams grab their third, their three-point games and whatever. So you don't want to dig the hole too deep, but... I feel okay for these teams, these Albertan teams, and that the Anaheim Ducks, I don't believe in. They're going to drop down. I'm also not yeah. a big Kraken well, guy. Oilers need a Oilers need a four-game winning streak. Sharks, okay. Kraken, Islanders, Kraken. That, they need uh, a four-game uh, winning streak right away. They need... They, they'd love seven out of eight. Six out of eight is okay. Five is no good. <laughs> You're right. You Five can't, is no good. No, you can't play at an okay winning percentage. Yeah. You need to, to get hot. Yeah. They need Connor... To be Connor, they need the goalie to make some saves. They need their D to sort it out. And frankly, to our, our man Specs points, they could use a little hustle on the back check. Yeah. You know, Leon, Bouchard, they need to help out their goalies some back pressure. There's still time, Edmonton Oiler fans. Take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> Not too deep. <laughs> All right, our thanks to Craig Simpson from Hockey Night in Canada. Always great having him on the show. And... Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, thank you as always. And we're back again tomorrow. Ten games on tap tonight. Enjoy them. We'll see you soon.